2: And welcome to another hour here in the Exxon. My name is Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast uh, network offices and studios in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you would like to uh, send us an email, exxon at TV.com on all social media sites, exxon Radio TV. And if you would like to uh, find out what we have going on on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit our website, exxonradio.net. And for all the programming schedules For the Exxon TV channel on Simultv, visit www.simultv.com. My guest this hour is a gentleman that I I thoroughly enjoy talking to. His name is Benjamin Radford. And uh, who is Benjamin Radford? Well, I'm glad you asked. He's the deputy editor of Skeptical Inquirer Science magazine, a research fellow with the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry author of over a thousand articles on a wide variety of topics, including urban legends, the paranormal, critical thinking, and media literacy. He's the author of more than eight books, a board game, and the list goes on and on and on. Just getting back from a week and a half vacation, he uh, took time out of his busy day to come here and join us. And Benjamin, always great having you with us.
3: Thanks for having me on. I always always have a great time
2: talking to you. Thanks, Ben. Uh, first of all, um, what was it like uh, on the vacation? Uh, did you get any relaxation done, or were you? <laughs> w- was it a working vacation?
3: No, that's a great question. I was actually gone for almost two weeks down in Costa Rica in Panama. Mm-hmm. and Panama, um, and you know what? One thing that my friends and family quickly learn is that if I'm going on vacation, um, uh, usually out of the country there's always going to be an element of investigation. Yeah, Uh, just just, I, I, I can relax, but I but part of Mm -hmm. part of who I am is learning and stuff. And so. um, So for example, while I was down there, I was interviewing people about the the Duende, which is a a figure in in Central American folklore, uh, which is uh, his little little sort of uh, trickster figure. Um, sort of like an, uh, an elf or a fairy. Right. Uh, and uh, he's said to uh, have a, a long beard and very, very short stature. Uh, but perhaps the most interesting fact, uh, facet about him is that his feet are backwards. His feet are backwards. His feet are backwards, yes. Okay. And uh, for those wondering why are his feet backwards, the answer is that, again, he's a, he's a trickster figure. And mm-hmm. so the idea is that if you see footprints uh, in, in the jungle, for example, or in a meadow, uh, you'll think that he's going in one direction but in fact of course because his feet are backwards he's going in the other direction uh, so while I was down there I, I interviewed some people about uh, some of the folklore and stuff and so that was that was one of the things I did oh wow so uh, you had a good time
2: and uh, did anybody there give you the evil eye uh, not that I know of at least
3: not to my face
2: and I understand that uh, that you are quite proficient when it comes to the topic of the evil eye that was that was a that was an attempt at a segue I'm sorry if it didn't work
3: so tell us about the evil eye yeah yeah no I I, I got that I I appreciate the segue there oh, cool. um, yeah so the I've written about the evil eye extensively and and, um, and researched it uh, in, in my capacity as a, as a folklorist right um and uh, it's fascinating it's one of those things that you would think might be sort of a uh, relegated to uh, to the Middle Ages very antiquated but mm-hmm. in fact uh, in the modern world, many people still very much believe in in the in the idea of curses that are uh, that are conveyed uh, through the eyes, huh. um, and it's it's fascinating. I and I I love those sorts of seemingly anachronistic beliefs. Uh, for example, another one would be uh, genies or jinn, right. uh, which are of course mentioned in the Quran. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've researched uh, uh, jinn reports. Um, uh, and and even to this day, uh, many, many people throughout the world, particularly in the Middle East, and, and many Muslims, of course, believe uh, very much in, in the in the literal existence of jinn, uh, very much the same way that um, many Christians believe in the literal existence of angels. And they, they in some ways, they they have sort of parallels in their, in their lives, so I I'm just always fascinated by these these quasi-mythological uh, folkloric figures, which are very much playing a, a role in people's lives to this very day. And, and the evil eye is a perfect example. The evil eye is is usually associated with um,
2: with old ladies or, or gypsies or, or witches. <laughs> yes, exactly.
3: Uh, wh- where did this tag come from, Ben? Well, uh, you know, it's it's interesting. It's it's difficult to, to pin back an exact, uh, you know, as with many of these things, they, right. we can't, you know, pin back to, you know, 1482. Some person said that, but what we do know is that about one third of cultures around the world have some evil eye beliefs um and uh it's particularly prevalent these days as, as you mentioned um uh, sort of <laughs> the sort of stereotypical yeah. old lady casting an evil eye is, is uh is very very true in many places particularly in, in uh in mm-hmm. greece um and in in the uh in the mediterranean cultures uh in lebanon etc so um it's interesting i mean the, the the idea of an evil eye uh dates back certainly millennia it's mentioned in in the bible um there's a there's a reference to um, I think it's Proverbs 23:6. Uh, it says, "Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye." Uh, so even going back to the, the Bible, we see references to it, uh, also in the Quran um, and Shakespeare and elsewhere. And so the, 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 this notion of of casting uh, uh, you know malefic magic uh, through the eyes is is uh, widespread and, and, as I mentioned, very enduring.
2: Yeah, I get the evil eye from my wife sometimes, and I remember as a kid getting the evil eye many times from my mother.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. Well, you see, this, and again, that's another perfect example where you know, we have these phrases like evil eye. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we, we, we cut somebody off in traffic, hopefully accidentally. Because um, I've driven around in Hamilton, and so I, I'll just apologize to the Canadian drivers there uh, for some of my driving. Um, oh, but, wait a minute, know, you... wait a minute, wait a minute, Ben. If you're coming into Hamilton, it's we who
2: apologize to you.
3: <laughs> this is true as well. I, I used to, as you may know, I used to live in Buffalo for yeah. a decade, and uh, and uh, n- not to cast any aspersions on Buffalo, but one of my favorite things about <laughs> living in Buffalo was going to Toronto and uh, Niagara Lake and in Hamilton. Oh, yeah. That was... That was one of my favorite parts was going to Canada, but, um, but no, it's it's, what, it's a case of where, again, we, we, we have the, these notions of, you know, menacing glances and, you know, the, the cold, we, we, we describe cold stares, for example. And so sure. in, in English, there, there's so many uh, idioms and, and allusions to, um, to, you know, uh, bad things going on with the eyes and, you know, menacing glances and things like that. And so, And part of that, of course, is that, you know, the the eye is considered to be, um, uh, you know, the gateway to the soul. People talk about, uh, you know, how much expression that we can see uh, in the eyes. And so uh, if you think, for example, of of actors, uh, you know, when when you see really good acting, they're using their entire body, but they're often using their facial expressions, just minute, minute nuances in in, you know, expressions and squinting and. Um, and, you know, just the, the eyes convey so much information about an, a person's inner world. So it's not surprising that people would come come to associate with that with, with great power.
2: You know, the next time you come to Hamilton, there has been one change, uh, Ben, that I should uh, tell you about. Instead of getting the evil eye, you now get the upright finger.
3: <laughs> I, I, I've also been to, to, uh, to New York, so I'm familiar with that one as well. Well, they do it there too, huh? <laughs> they do. It's, it's not just you all.
2: Explanation. Benjamin Radford is our special guest this hour. His website is www.benjaminradford.com. Um, a lot of people today are, are actually calling up psychics and other members of the so-called divination culture that has popped up with the advent of more and more marketing on the Internet. Asking about spells, how to cast spells. And according to a survey we did, Ben, the number one spell is to fall in love. Second spell is make more money. Third spell, get rid of your spouse.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. And, and and that's, you know, the... the... The basically the the context of the evil eye, it's essentially a, t- a very specific type of magical curse, mm-hmm. um, and so it's not surprising that you know when when you look at the reasons why people go to psychics and and you know here in North America it's often psychics, but elsewhere of course in in uh, in other in for example in, in Central America be, it could be curanderas uh, in Mexico or maybe in in Africa it's it's witch doctors or shamans. Right. Um, so you know again you know t- t- p- pick your synonym uh-huh. uh, but but you know there, it really is a, a very much cross-cultural idea and and so you know people go to these um these people who they believe have is the, a particular communion with with the, the the afterlife or you know the the elevated world um and often they're petitioning um for either you know you usually it's as, as you mentioned it's it's things that they want for themselves right so they want they want money. They want a, a, a beautiful spouse. Uh, they want to get a promotion, in their job, or conversely, um, it's uh, they want they want to do somebody in, right? They they've made an enemy uh, at work or uh, you know at through, play, whatever.
2: Uh, ben, please stand by. You and I have to take our first break. Exonation. Sure. Benjamin Radford is our special guest www.benjaminradford.com And we'll both be back on the other side of this break As we continue here in the X-Zone From our broadcast center and studios In Hamilton, Ontario, Canada My name is Rob McConnell
0: We all have that friend who wakes up early To go get everyone McDonald's breakfast While the rest of us sleep in This is your sign to thank them And if you're that friend This is us saying Thank you
2: ExoNation, Benjamin Radford is our very special guest. His website is www.benjaminradford.com. You know, Ben, over the last two weeks, I have had strange guests. Like I'm telling you, it's either I'm getting stranger or the guest is getting stranger. (laughs) Or Uh, both. Thank you for that. Uh, (laughs) Two of the guests were psychics, and Mm -hmm. they were really ticked off. At people who did not believe in their abilities like I've never seen so much aggression with members of the paranormal as there is right now they don't like being called uh, to uh, to answer to any of their claims number one number two anybody who does not believe in their ability or the ability of psychics is basically out to lunch and then I had a a paranormal investigator self-proclaimed I might add who came on the show and was telling us that he bought a haunted house in Indiana, I believe it was. And according to the past owner, there is a dead body buried beneath the house. And in fact, the owner brought one of the bones of the deceased to the uh, local doctor. The local doctor identified it as a human bone, and they put the bone back. Now, here's the weird part. This ghost hunter is a former federal law enforcement officer. Hmm. <laughs> now I, I'm an ex cop as well, and I said, "Well, wait a minute. Hold on here. Hold on here." I said, "What happened with with the body?" He said, "Oh, it's it's still there." I said, "Wait a sec. Well, hold. On. What? Yeah, the body is still under the house." I said, "How can you, as a former federal law enforcement aid, uh, uh, officer, be told there is a body in the in the ground?" of the house you just bought and you're doing nothing about it well he says well uh, the local cops are a bunch of yokels I said well what does that have to do with anything
3: you know right. it, it, it could be a murder it could be uh, I mean it, there could be some family that's desperate for answers it, exactly and you, you just don't care exactly and this is the attitude that we're seeing a lot of when we when we start
2: questioning uh, people and it's like they come on the show and they expect me to just say, Ooh, ah, really? Wow, I don't believe it. How come you're so great?
3: <laughs> they don't know me very well. <laughs> Well, no, it's interesting you bring that up. I mean, part of the reason, and, and you know, I've I've had very similar experiences, yeah. is that because um, you know I, I've investigated uh, various psychics, um, primarily psychic detectives. That's uh, as you may know, that's one of my one of my specialties, and I've done probably a dozen or yeah. so investigations into different claims of psychic detectives. Mm-hmm. And what you find is that is that they, uh, and just sort of this also applies to psychics generally, is that um, is that part of the reason they are so defensive about it is that they they feel that if you're if you're questioning their their claims that you're you're attacking them personally and i don't see that at all if you, i mean if if you're a psychic and you make a claim right and i look into it i'm not i'm not attacking you personally i'm not i'm not saying you're a bad person i'm trying to find out if what you said is true the same way if you if you tell me that uh you just hiked the uh you know you just hiked uh, the appalachian trail in in two days and you have this all experiences or w- whatever the claim is whether it's a, a, a person claiming mm. that they can fix my car whatever else if i invest it's not a personal attack on you it, i'm just trying to find out if what is true that's but, right but to them it's like well it, it, they because their 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 personal identity is so wrapped up in being psychic and having having you know having these experiences, that they they see this as a personal and to me it's not a personal attack at all. It's no. it's a it's an objective question. Either 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 psychics can find missing persons, or they can't. That it's not this is not a personal issue for me. Uh, another
2: psychic I had on within this past two week period um, was supposed to be on four weeks ago, but they we in a car accident and she was rescheduled and she came on over the last two week period. And, and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> I, I said, well, if you're a psychic, how come you didn't know you were going to get into that accident? She hung up on me. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm That's serious? a legitimate question. I First of all, serious. it's kind of funny, but yeah.
3: Well, well, no, no, no. The answer, here's the answer. And, and you and I both know the answer. They say, well, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. And my response is always it doesn't work at all. That's that's the problem. <laughs> the problem is not that the psychic powers you have don't work in a very specific way. Right. The problem is they don't work at all. That's there lies the rub.
2: You know, people ask me why I keep doing this show. We're going into our 29th year. I've had over 4,500 different guests. That means that a guest has come on and then we've had them back on. So we don't include that in that number. And and I had Len Castanon, who is the proponent of the the Planet Serpo event, where
3: I vaguely vaguely recall something. The
2: American astronauts went to this planet and they came back. Blah 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 blah. And I was I was asking him very serious questions, and he says, Rob, why do you do the radio show if you're such a psychic, Uh, if you're a skeptic? I said, Len, it's because I want to believe, and I'm waiting for the day when one of you who make these claims will be able to give me some evidence and that you will be able to prove what you're saying is true. And that's all I try to do, and that's what anyone who, who wants to be a, a true journalist does. You take you know, all, these, all the evidence you can find and you ask the proper people and Absolutely. let the listener make up their own
3: mind. Absolutely. Well, you know, part of the part of the reason that they're, they're so shocked and, and I've had that experience myself where, you know, you where I've, I've interviewed people and mm-hmm. oftentimes I know just as much about the topic or more than they do. Right. And the, the 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 problem is that they are so used to being interviewed by people who who are clueless. They don't they don't they have no background knowledge about it. You know, they were they're doing they were pulled off some entertainment or sports story yesterday and then suddenly they're interviewing them. And when they're actually being interviewed by somebody who has, who actually has some background knowledge, all of a sudden, like, whoa, hold on, you 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 know something about this, and suddenly they're out of their league. Yeah. And they because they're so used to just you know blank slate interviewers who just you know ask two or three pre-prepared questions that they're given, and then just say, oh, that's wonderful, and they move on.
2: What we've done on certain cases, when I go over the show prep that a guest will send us, like their bio and this and that and the other thing, I'll get my research department to do a background check on them. You know? <laughs> so, so they come on the show, and I'll give you the perfect example. I had a lady on a couple of weeks ago. She calls herself the Motor City Medium and she we were talking and uh, I I said well you know when it comes to dealing with people you know how do you do it Uh, you know what is your training do you have any degrees and she said I've got a degree in psychology I said from where the University of Michigan I said are you sure it isn't a Bachelor of Science from Aquinas University (laughs) wham Wow why lie (laughs)
3: Because they, they again, they they expect that they, they're they're so rarely challenged, and not not in a mean way. I mean, no. if you if, if 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 someone tells you they have a college degree, and you look into it, that's not you being mean. That's not you trying to get them. That is you doing what you should do, which is question their claim. That's right, vetting vetting the guest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I and just again, people. People just skate through life, particularly a lot of these people who make careers out of this, mm-hmm. and they just bet, and, and often they're right, that no one's going to pick up a phone or do a little, a a little investigational research, and they're just shocked, shocked that but somebody they're... might actually uh, try and verify what they say. But Benjamin, it's not only they who get shocked. We get
2: shocked sometimes when, when we'll get a tidbit of information from a listener on a guest we had and this guest at in the past has had no reason to raise any flags with us. And then we do a background check. We find out they're a pedophile. Wow. You know, like Hmm. it's holy crap. And Mm -hmm. yet all these years, you know, I I understand when a person does their time, that's one thing, but still to find out that they were not using their real name, the information that they had built up over the years in a bio wasn't correct. And they have been misleading hundreds of thousands of people.
3: Wow. Yeah, I just, you know, and it's, uh, I'm an open book. I mean, yep. you can find me on Wikipedia. Um, I'd I'll, I'll tell you exactly where I got my college degrees. <laughs> the university, they're legitimate. Sure. <laughs> I I have nothing to hide. So uh, it's it's the people that are sort of shifting. Well, yep. you know, don't look too close. Uh, those are the ones you
2: gotta watch out for. My favorite saying is, "If you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to fear." That's true. You know, people say, "Oh, Big Brother's watching me." Well, that's good. You know,
3: right? Th- that, that's What's the problem. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, uh, the the they want the information on this. They've got all the information they'll ever need. You know, you you can't stay off the radar for very long. Well, especially these days, yeah. I mean,
3: it's it's fascinating to me. I, I've had uh, you know discussions with uh, oftentimes mm-hmm. not all of them, but often they're conspiracy theorists and or they're sort of quasi conspiracy theorists, and they'll they'll be complaining about how Big Brother's watching them and about uh, they think their phone is tapped yeah. and about how people are trying to get so much information. I said, I said, you know, you you, you put so much. I, I can look on your Facebook page. And within, within about 20 minutes, I can know pretty much everything I need to know about you because you're voluntarily putting it on social media. So I don't see you don't need to be worried about the NSA tapping your phone. You should be worried about what you're putting on Facebook. Benjamin, stand
2: by. You and I will be back on the other side of this news break at the bottom of the hour. XO Nation, Benjamin Radford is our very special guest. It's always a great pleasure to have you here with us, Benjamin. And um, if you'd like to find out more about Benjamin, his many books are available on Amazon.com and his website is www.benjaminradford.com. This is the Exxon. And by the way, my real name is Rob McConnell and we're coming to you from our broadcast center that is really in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, the home of the erectus fingeris. When we get mad at people, we'll be back on the other side of this break. Whatever you do, do not go away. oh welcome back everyone it's uh, just uh, just thinking about the last couple of weeks and those of you who tune in every night i love your emails um it's nice to know that there are so many people out there who actually can understand sometimes my sense of humor Or lack thereof, I should say. But Benjamin Radford is our special guest of this hour. He is a welcomed friend and an old friend of the X-Zone. Some of the books that you have have available to you from Benjamin on Amazon.com include Bad Clowns, Scientific Paranormal Investigation, How to Solve Unexplained Mysteries, Investigating Ghosts, The Scientific Search for Spirits, Lake Monsters, Investigating the World's Most Elusive Creatures, Mysterious New Mexico, Mexico, Miracles, Magic, and Monsters in the the Land of Enchantment. Tracking the Chupacabras, the Vampire Beast in fact, fiction, and folklore. Uh, Let me see. Media Mythmakers. How Journalists, Activists, and Advertisers Mislead Us. Oh, come on. You can't be serious.
3: (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm working on a follow-up to that book, actually.
2: Listen, I watch CNN, and I know everything they say is true. (laughs) Not, not. Oh, so you know, during the break, you, you we we talked about uh, Niagara on the lake before, and during the break, we were we were exchanging uh, notes, I guess we can say, and uh, Kyle Upton, who is the tour guide of uh, the um, ghost tours at, uh, at uh, Fort George, a super guy, a super guy, and um, but one of my one of my bones of contention, and why I kind of chuckle every time I hear somebody saying oh they've gone to Fort George and it's you know wow what a tour of the the old fort and everything and and blah 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 is wait a sec the fort isn't where it used to be so nobody's been able to answer one simple question Benjamin and and I hope you can because you're a man of the world and well-rounded you've been to Niagara-on-the-lake why would the ghost be in a fort that was rebuilt where it wasn't before?
3: That's a great question. <laughs> I, that's a that's actually a question that I ask uh, in, in in my most recent book, Investigating Ghosts, which, right. you, which you mentioned. Uh, it actually just came out a couple months ago, and the audiobook will be released in a few weeks. And i um, not promoting the, the, the book so much, but in fact, as it happens, the last two chapters in that book are about uh, Fort George specifically investigation I did there. And the, the very last chapter in the book is specifically on Sarah Ann, who is who's Fort George's most famous ghost, Yes, uh, allegedly the ghost of a, of a, of a little girl there. Mm-hmm. And um, in, in researching the, the history of Sarah Ann trying to figure out if there's any truth to it, uh, not only did I, of course, go to and spend a fair amount of time at Fort George, also, um, I also I spoke to Kyle and I, I looked at some of the different books there, Jim Hill and Jeff Bellinger uh, and, and Kyle's books. And uh, I was trying to trace down trace back exactly where did this idea of a ghost a young girl ghost names there and where did that come from how how, how do we trace that back and that was one of the questions that, that was was problematic was that uh, exactly as you pointed out that you know when when people go and do the ghost tours of Fort George which let me be very clear is a beautiful fascinating it is. place it is. Um, yeah I mean I, 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 I enjoyed Niagara on the lake and and in and, in uh, and, um, and Hamilton and in um, all, all the areas around there um, but you know when you go these days to go see Fort George and you do the do the both the historical and the ghost tours um, they do, they often neglect to mention that what you're seeing the the soldiers barracks and the, and the officers barracks and all that with the exception of the the uh, the the powder the powder uh, room uh, essentially, none of that was there. I mean, it was it was been moved and burned down and moved around. And so it, it's, it's all well and good to sort of say, OK, well, this is a this is a modern reconstruction of what we think it may have been like. Uh, but but yes, you're exactly right. In fact, one thing that I found in terms of the 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 ghosts that are said to populate Fort George is that, in fact, relatively few people actually died at Fort George on those particular grounds. Um, there were, there, if any, if anything, the, uh, the, the battles and the deaths would have been closer to the, to the, to the river, not on the grounds that's currently there. Um, another thing about the,
2: uh, Ford, I went on a, um, a tour with Kyle. It was the autumn time. And of course he's wearing his cape and these got the candle in the, I guess, candle holder. Very evocative. Very, very. And, and. People are saying as he's giving the tour that this is where this is this is where that is, and people are saying, "Oh, listen, I can hear the violins, I can hear soldiers. <gasps> did you hear that?" And I'm saying, "What mm-hmm. the hell did you guys do? Go to the Angel Inn, <laughs> look for Captain Swayze before you came here." <laughs> <laughs> kind
0: of like, Why? No, you.
3: You're right. Uh, you know, this is this is the thing. Is that if you just look at the if you just look at photos of Fort George, if you've ever actually been there, you don't realize just how close it is to Niagara on the Lake. Yeah, uh, it's it's not as if this is some sort of remote fort in the in the, in the Manitoba wilderness. This is this is you know yards away, meters away, uh, you know, since since we're in Canada, from a bustling metropolis that has you know radios and car alarms and yeah. music and. So th- this idea that someone wandering the the grounds is is hearing you know drum soldiers from the regiment <laughs> it 's just what are you talking about and and you know what i I, I see this a
2: lot more when it comes to uh, people who conduct ghost investigations is that it seems as if one person gets an idea or hears something then it 's like it's contagious. Everybody else hears it, or everybody else sees it. Is is, yeah. is this is this psychology at play?
3: It absolutely is, uh, and there's there's a couple factors at play. One of them is um, is what's uh, called folia do uh and it's basically the it's it's the it's uh means fall fo- the folly of two right uh, probably know being french um but you know it's basically uh, this this no- notion that you can have you can have two people that um we well, have one person that, that basically unintentionally influences somebody else's interpretations and beliefs um there's a really great example of this it's a fictional uh, example it's it's a, it's a film called bug which was uh, which is directed by William Friedkin, who's of course best known for the Exorcist yes. but this, it came out about, um, about maybe uh, 10 years ago and has actually Judd in it and it's if anybody was interested in looking at a, a again, it's a fictional case but it's very clinically accurate in terms of um, in terms of the the, the dynamics of folia do so yeah, but that's that, that's very much what happens is that you have people who that you know pe- humans are social animals and so one person says oh i i felt a i felt a you know a, a shudder did yeah. you feel it too and someone say yeah i, I felt it too right and and so it, because we we want to we want to encourage each other's beliefs and opinions and again this is all subconscious it's not that anybody's intentionally faking or hoaxing or exaggerating that's just how people are. That that's how humans. Uh, that's that's how that's how these things work. And so it's it's often the case. You know, one of the things I investigate is mass hysterias, and the the same principle is involved. Where in mass hysteria, a lot of people don't really understand what it is. It's not it's not faking. It's 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 a form of social contagion where one person will will sense something they'll, they'll feel nauseous they'll, they'll they'll feel odd or they'll they'll see something going on yeah. and other people will will independent of any external contaminants mm-hmm. or any chemical or anything will see that person reacting and they'll they'll begin to take on those symptoms so for example uh, a person who is feeling lightheaded or nauseous or or uh, complaining of, of headaches um, in a closed social group, such as a school, for example, or a, or a nunnery uh, or a factory, uh, other people will see that and they will begin exhibiting those symptoms themselves and they'll attribute it to some external cause. And that's that's very much what happens. Another example would be talking about schools. If you have a child who is sick in a classroom
2: and vomits, watch how many other kids in that classroom vomit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've told you this before. uh, Andrew Crystal, a friend of mine, used to be at a radio station in, in Toronto, 680. And uh, we decided to to do an experiment one day. I went down to the corner of Bloor and Young and mm-hmm. looked directly up. My hands were by my side, and this was all part of the experiment. And I was just to look up and not say a word to anyone. While I was doing that, Andrew's producer came And he was going to basically be the observer. Well, within 10 minutes, there was about 30, 40 people around me (laughs) looking at that thing in the sky that I was looking at. And they were pointing and saying, oh, I see it. There it is. And all I was doing was standing there looking straight up.
3: Brilliant. Brilliant. I love it.
2: What did did people report seeing? Um, That dot that funny thing in the sky. Okay. Uh, And the majority did not say what they saw, but they saw that thing in the sky that I was looking at. Interesting. That is is a beautiful example. I love it. Yeah. And when you hear people talking about UFOs, extraterrestrials, that always comes back to my mind that did they actually see something or were they – so predisposed to seeing something that their mind actually played a little movie for them that they took for real
3: and that's that's often what happens especially in, in allegedly haunted places such as fort george or or elsewhere is you know the, the people that are going there are psychologically primed uh because again part of the reason they're going there often is because yep. they're on a ghost tour and so they're They're being told before they even show up to expect to see ghosts, and therefore anything weird is going to be interpreted as a ghost.
2: All right, Benjamin Radford is my guest, and we'll be back as we wrap up this hour here in the XO from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Uh, For all the information on Benjamin, visit his website, www.benjaminradford.com. We'll be back. Don't go away. Benjamin Radford is our special guest this hour, www.benjaminradford.com. First of all, Ben, I want to thank you ever so much for coming on the show. I truly appreciate having you on the show, and I love the articles that you write and the books, so please keep up the great work.
3: Thank you very much. I, I appreciate it. You know, writers are nothing without readers and uh, and people that actually, you know, pay attention to it. So I, I very much appreciate uh, what you do as well. Thanks,
2: pal. And ExoNation, you can go to Amazon.com and check out all the great books that Benjamin has there. Uh, we've been talking about, uh, we started with Evil Eye and we've kind of gone a little bit here, a little bit there. And during the break, I was telling you about, an incident where a lady brought her psychic goat to the radio station.
3: Well, no, no, let me just let me just say uh-huh. this this raises so many questions. Uh-huh. I, I I I have at least three that jumped in my mind, but I'll I'll see if you answer them. Okay. <laughs> First of all, goats stink. Second, they're not known as
2: as particularly clean animals. No, they're not. Second of all, they poop a lot. <laughs> and third of all. It was, I ended up with a stinky
3: poop-filled studio. <laughs> and i well, go no, 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 There's another factor here, which is that goats can't talk. They don't speak well, English, I, as far as we know. Well, and so so how how would you even, how would you know, even if you, I mean, for all I know, my uh-huh. cat is psychic. But I, I can't communicate with the cat because we don't speak the same language. So h- how do I even know that? Well, you know what? This lady from Hamilton. That might explain some
2: of it. <laughs> Um, I'm from Montreal originally, so, yeah, take it from (laughs) there.
3: Send your angry emails to me, that's fine.
2: (laughs) And uh, she brings the goat in, and, um, you know, we're sitting down, and the goat is doing what goats usually do, and that's poop a lot. (laughs) She takes out two bowls out of her purse, uh, quite a large purse. One bowl was red, and one bowl was green. And she puts water in one and goat kibble in the other, in my studio. (laughs) Okay. And I'm looking.
3: I'm sure this is going to have a fascinating psychic demo on here. Go ahead. Oh, it
2: is. It is. Like, it blew me away. (laughs) So he came on air, and uh, of course, a lot of people in the uh, station are looking at me with a goat in the studio, and uh, waiting for psychic predictions to start. And she said, well, Rob, is there a question that you'd like to ask the goat? (laughs) I said, the one who brought it here or the one who's on the floor pooping? (laughs) Anyway, I I asked a question. She said, no, Rob, it has to be a yes or no question. I said, why? Well, if it's yes, the goat will go to the green bowl. And if it's a no, the goat will go to the red bowl.
3: (laughs) Again, I'm seeing all sorts of problems here, but go ahead. Uh
2: So was I. Now, besides goat smelling and pooping all over the place, they're not very tidy when it comes to eating or drinking water. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I asked, I, I can't remember what the questions were, um, but the goat got them all wrong.
3: <laughs> and, and of course... Well, we, it- we, but got... yeah, you know, my guess is to, to 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 try and salvage this goat's reputation. Yeah. Um, maybe she just misunderstood. It was actually the green bolt that was no and the red bolt was yes. Maybe that's the problem. Well, you were you're close. You're very close as to what the explanation
2: was. <laughs> she put the water in the wrong bowl and the kibble in the wrong bowl.
3: Oh, there you go. <laughs>
2: Uh yeah, you know, uh, and, and, and then you then when we used to go on remotes and we used to do psychic fairs and the uh, UFO conventions and uh, what I used to do just to stay in radio back then. Um, <laughs> you know, you'd have to you'd be at a booth and guys would come over and say, hey, listen to uh, your show. I really like it. And you'd look on their head. They've got tin foil. And <laughs> what's the tin foil for? Oh, so the aliens can't penetrate my brain. Well, you should have put it on a long time ago, then, pal. Because
3: <laughs> that ship has already sealed, my friend. Oh
2: yeah, or, or the guy from uh, some place out west, I think it was uh, Saskatchewan, who uh, who invented a an anti an anti UFO deflection system. And I said, mm. well, how does it work? He said, well, I went down to Canadian Tire and I got myself a battery, a battery charger, and a whole bunch of red lights. Put them together, turned it on. Haven't seen a UFO since. <laughs> Can't argue with that. Well, here's the question. I said, well, did you ever see a UFO before? He said, no, but I just want to make sure they never came. (laughs) And then people wonder why this paranormal genre is not being taken seriously. I'm starting to think, Benjamin, that the paranormal is where groups of people who do not fit into society, they assemble together to be with like-minded people.
3: I think that there's a lot there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, you know, it, when when I've talked to groups who go out, for example, to to look for ghosts mm-hmm. or go look for Bigfoot or, yeah, or Sasquatch or what have you, a lot of times, you, you know, when you sort of, or when I try and point out to them, it's like, well, you know, this is all well and good, but you, you realize that you're not actually, number one, finding any evidence, right? I mean, it's like, you, oh, we've been doing this for 12 years. How's that going? What what how what Bigfoot bodies have you found? What what hard evidence of ghosts have you found? Well, EVPs. you know, I hey, look on. at this blurry photo. Like um <laughs> you know what but but what what you quickly find is that they will when you pin them down, often they will sort of grudgingly admit that yes, they haven't really found any good evidence, but that you get the sense of like, yeah, but it's fun. Exactly. It's fun. I mean, walking around in Fort George, and we're scaring each other, and it's cold, and we're, you know, eating timbits, and yeah. and that that's fine. And and I say, look, you know, if you want to go out, look for Bigfoot or UFOs or ghosts, and knock yourself out. Mm-hmm. I don't care. That's that's what what you do with your spare time is is, is your own business. That's right. But but we, and again, I I totally respect that. I don't no problem with that. But don't pretend that it's science. Don't, don't mislead yourself and other people mm-hmm. into thinking you're actually on the, the cutting edge of research. You, you're not. You're, you're walking around with your friends you know drinking some beers and looking for Bigfoot. This is, this is not science. It, which in itself is dangerous and you
2: know going into the woods at night like that, this isn't the smartest thing to do. And I, I had I had one of the lead Bigfoot investigators on the show a couple of weeks ago and i was asking him questions and i said you know why do you do it over all these years with the hundreds of bigfoot groups that are out there there's no smoking gun how come bigfoot hasn't been photographed how come there's no cadaver of bigfoot how come nobody's run over a bigfoot uh, on the forest roads and he says well we all know he's not there but it's a getaway for us mm-hmm. i said I, what? I appreciate the candor i said what <laughs> he says, well bigfoot's not real I said, told you this. Yeah.
3: Wow. I, I, I'm surprised. I usually you don't get that sort of, you don't get that sort of admission, but that's, you know, he was very honest and he said, well, you know, we, we get out into
2: the woods. We, we, you know, we, we all get together. We meet together. We exchange <laughs>
3: stories and, you know, we have a weekend away from home that no that i i mean he's exactly right i'm just surprised he actually admitted i mean there so much of it is it's it's uh it's the same reason people together get to play poker or watch sports or hang out it's just it's a it's a community of like-minded people regardless of whether it's actually doing any good yeah you know and hey listen if you want to go out into the woods and
2: enjoy nature i'm all for that and uh but when you when some people start telling me they, they hear knocks, uh, wood knocks, and 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 so many other things. And, and yet they can't tell you anything about the social life of Bigfoot. They can't tell you um, if you know, where the origin of Bigfoot comes from. And it's like, okay, so you didn't fit in with the ghost people. You didn't fit in with the UFO people. <laughs> you didn't fit in with the lake monster people. You, you're not a psychic. So, oh, wait a minute, there's Bigfoot. I like the you outdoors. find you, you yeah. found
3: a place to fit in. Yeah, exactly.
2: Oh my gosh. Hey, listen,
3: uh, it's always great talking to you. Anything new coming up with you? Um, I'm just plugging away. I, uh, I'm actually, uh, I just celebrated the one year anniversary of a podcast. Uh, hey. we, it's called squaring the strange. Um, And it's been it's a weekly podcast and uh, been on the air for about a year. You can find it uh, on iTunes and elsewhere Again, squaring the strange. Um, I've written my my most recent book, as I mentioned earlier is investigating ghosts. And uh, I'm probably gonna be doing a follow up book here in the next uh, six or nine months on um, sort of follow-up to my Media Myth book, sort of talking about uh, society and culture and things like that. So that's, that's what, what's keeping me busy these days. I would imagine that around Halloween you're busy as well. <laughs> yes, every every you're exactly right. Every Halloween they, uh, I'm often asked to comment on either the history of Halloween or or uh halloween scares for example about uh about um uh, you know tainted candy and apples and right. uh, all the all those urban legends and uh and trying to explain to people why why halloween is not in fact satanic and has nothing to do with satan um so i have the well, things i have to explain let that. me tell you yeah I'll...
2: i understand i really do Hey, listen, Benjamin, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. Always a great pleasure. Do me a favor, come back and see us. Don't be a stranger. And um, we'll have to get together the next time you come through Hamilton.
3: Absolutely. I'd love to. Take Uh, care.
2: Take care, Benjamin. Exo Nation, Benjamin Radford has been our guest this hour. You know what? This is the kind of interview I really like. It's two guys sitting down at a Tim Hortons, sipping some coffee, having a few Timbits, and talking about whatever comes up. And the best part about what we did tonight is we just kept the paranormal in the loop about what we were talking about. And there, the paranormal is real because it's based on belief. And belief is the strongest power in the universe, as I've seen it so far. And why do I keep doing this show? Is because I'd like to believe. I really would. But until I see the evidence to prove my logical mind wrong... I'll be here, Rob McConnell, here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario,
0: Canada. Don't go away. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast, but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you.